Welcome to Life with Adam and Rihanna, the show where we talk about life, expectations and reality. Hey there guys, welcome to episode two. Uh, The topic today is going to be about insecurities um, and probably more more important, how how to overcome them, how we think best to overcome them um, or how to overcome them in our lives. yeah so i think first of all you know when we say insecurities i think when i think of insecurities i think of i want to say most people's thoughts most of the time i think most of us experience in our day um at least for myself like feelings and moments of insecurity throughout the day and i think um it's it's a little bit normal now for everyone to have some kind of insecurities oftentimes multiple insecurities um and yeah it's just very interesting i wonder where that comes from i wonder you know why we wake up and that's what we default to um rather than than any positive thoughts um you know flooding into our brain when we wake up i think probably a main indicator of that is um social media but let's mm. like we could talk for a whole episode about the impact of social media yeah. but just to talk about it for 30 seconds a lot there is much more instant comparison at the minute right so from the second you wake up the second you go to bed you're flooded with i'm not as good as this person in this aspect of my life because of xyz right right and there's a constant comparison you could be comparing yourself to australia Whereas, like some someone living in Australia, whereas a number of years ago, you wouldn't even know that person existed. Right, right. So you wouldn't have their standard to compare yourself to. Of course, yeah. And there's that, that amazing quote, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And I, the best, the, the way I best describe it, sort of like articulated it before to to friends and people I've worked with, is like a case of like, you know, let's say you're quite good at, at pastry in the kitchen as a chef. And you make like a nice lemon tart and you're really proud of that. Or you make something, you know, you make some macaroons or something like that. You're very proud of that. That's, that's quite good. I've done really well there. You can then go on Instagram or go on, on social media and you can find someone who's just world-class, free Michelin star pastry chef, that sort of vibe. And you can look at it and just, whereas before you'd been happy with what you had created and that been satisfied with it. And you probably wouldn't, would have, you know, that been the best pastry thing that was made within hundred miles, let's say, of your, mm. of your location. Now you'd be able to see all over the world and amazing p- creations like, um, you know, one that we watch on Netflix is School of Chocolate um, with Amari Gouchon. And he's just like an incredible pastry chef and he's making these amazing things out of chocolate. So suddenly like you compare to what you've done and what you're given. And, and before what you wouldn't have seen that, you'd been happy with what you've created. Whereas now you've got that exposure to, I guess the next levels of stuff and what they can be. Mm. Um, and I think that also applies with like, um, you know, let's say looking at houses and stuff. And that's something that, that sort of we're quite interested in, in, in doing. And I think we look at a house that will be maybe like a, you know, two bedroom house, but then we'll put the filters up to like, you know, 10 million or above, above a million pound or whatever, you know, we'll look at all those and suddenly the ones that were within our price range, we're not so happy with because we're, we're able to see a lot more than, you know, perhaps we used to be able to see. Yeah, I think so. 
Apologies for the waffle. I'm on that. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit of a waffle. <laughs> um, but, you have to rein me back. No, yeah, I think so. There's a lot more um, option for you to be self-critical now um, because you are constantly comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. So, when when do you think that? When do you think in your life you felt the most insecure? Ooh. I don't know is the right answer to that. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, most insecure. I don't know. There's a lot that there's a lot there. I think perhaps you start and then and then I'll have a think. Okay. Um. Um. Mm-hmm. um I'm not sure about the most insecure. Several moments in my life are like pinging in my brain as to when I felt rubbish. But they're not like um, they're ones of the things I'm insecure about now. Right. But it's just like things mostly when you're younger mm-hmm. and people say things, and then at the time that's like the biggest thing going on in your life. So you're really affected by it. Yeah. Um, As you said, I just remember mine. Mine's actually, um, it, it was my sister making a comment about my ears. And my ears, like, saying that I had big ears, she used to call me Dumbo. Um, which is amazing banter to be fair. Um, but yeah, she used to come in and, and say I'd be years. Um, and that sort of stuck with me a little bit. And I was, I remember, I think that was the first time I felt really conscious of something, a flaw about myself or something that was perceived as a flaw. Yeah. yeah you've even mentioned that to me now. Like <laughs> yeah. Years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't really bother me anymore. And like the more I think about it now, I don't think it's not like, I mean, God bless Gary Lineker. Cause he's got, FA Cup there but like for me it's just it's not really it's not really a problem but it's because my sister had said it before that I was just like looking around and comparing mm. to you know, most people there and I think my ears were slightly bigger than most people and then I was just like yeah I've got massive huge ears now but yeah one that stands out for me in my childhood like I'm I'm probably like 15 16 at this point so at the time when probably you feel most compared mm-hmm. when you're like going to parties and and meeting right. people and you know life is just like exciting and yeah all that kind of thing and I went to a very small school and I was also a twin so people know who you are through no effort of your own people just know you as the twins and like that's you're just known as that yeah and um we used to go to parties and you like we'd be known as the twins like that was just the thing and I remember one time I was at school and this group of girls were talking about this party coming up and I think it was a costume party they were discussing what they're wearing and it might have been Halloween or something mm. and then they one of the girls said something like oh what do you think the twins will like look like what do you now wear and then the other one replied to them oh they're not even that hot and I was stood behind them mm. and then I I, in, I like came over to them and was like what did what, what did you say yeah and they were like oh no 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 you like you heard wrong that that's not what we're talking about yeah I, I didn't hear wrong. And, you sure. know, like, when you're 15 and you're at school and a group of girls says something like that, mm-hmm. I remember that feeling to this day. Right. That's, a, like, even though now it does, I don't care what they think. Sure. At the time, for years afterwards, I remembered that. Yeah. And then I remember thinking at that stage when you feel so vulnerable and insecure and mm-hmm. all those, like, hormones of being 15 and 16 yeah you suddenly think oh yeah no one thinks i'm attractive that's, that's funny i was thinking as you're saying that you sort of when one person says that viewpoint 
and it's them just being spiteful and bitchy and, and really like but you sort of think oh they said that they all think that the mm-hmm. whole school thinks that it's yeah. just like it's not a case it could be a case of of um you know one or two people saying something but to you at that age and i think also when you have an insecurity or something that you're like conscious of and then someone says something about it negative to that it's like i think you pick up on that and you go see they were right or i was right you mm-hmm. know that thing i wasn't secure about they said it now so i notice it that person who's another viewpoint has noticed it so it must be everyone else can notice that as well mm. um yeah which i don't think i don't think is the case no but it feels like that yeah to the individual doesn't it yeah on the flip side when is you have when have you felt really secure really secure in yourself like you yeah. felt you it may be for a day or for a week mm. or for a period of time you haven't felt those insecurities as much i think when you when you succeed i reckon when you succeed and what i mean by that is like um two things are probably telling. one is like when i was younger and playing football uh because i shit off footballer <laughs> and so um when you're doing something in your i think noticeably better than most people around you you feel great, don't you? You're like, because, and also something that came, that came natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my dad telling me a story of like kicking a ball up against the side of the house when I was like two years old and kicking it, you know, quite, quite high up against the wall and having like natural ability for it. Um, and then developed a love through school for it. Um, I think that was, that was a big part of, of it. Um, and, and just being good at something or, or yeah, you know, like your skills matching up with something you're doing. Mm-hmm. I can make a time of like um, you know cooking where, where you're cooking um, something and it, it turns out really well or you've got the experience to make sure you're controlling all the variables throughout it that it comes out well then you feel confident you know and you feel you mm-hmm. feel like um, you feel very secure you know if you're making something and, and I think I think that's a great example actually I think you know when I'm cooking something sometimes and I'm experimenting or I've not made it before for you or for for friends and family I feel a little bit nervous, a little anxious because I'm like, I don't know the outcome of it. I think part of that is being a chef as well. Like, you think that, you think if I, if I cook something, I'm constantly thinking that the person's going to be tasting it and they're going to be saying like, that person's, you know, qualified chef's worked in a couple of nice places. Like, he should know how to make every meal delicious, you know? Mm-hmm. Every meal that they make for you must be like an incredible meal. Which is, you know, not always possible, especially with certain ingredients and time limits and stuff. But you think that, and so you don't feel secure in that. Whereas if you're making something, you've got all the ingredients for that, and you've made it before, you feel you feel very secure, very confident, because you're like, I know, I know this and this is going to lead to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, when when you're succeeding at something or when something's going well, you have like na- natural attitude for it. And I also think you feel most secure in yourself. Well, I have in my life when I've cared less what people think completely mm. like I feel like um I think for the past year or two of my life I have for the majority unless those people mean a lot to me mm. I don't give two hoots what you say sure it's it's the same mindset of um don't listen to people's criticism if you wouldn't take advice from them it's that mindset of don't listen to their opinion about you unless you're after it, unless you want right. to know what they think right. about you. Yeah. Because you care about them, you respect them. They are sure 
and there's there's levels to that, isn't there? When you say like, I don't care what people think. I don't mean that in a way to be no, no that like sure, that no. I go and be disrespectful to people or rude or I don't care what you say. I don't mean no. that. I mean, if you have something negative to say about me, mm. that's probably. Um, I don't know. Like I don't. No, but I think you're struggling with that question there because it's just like, what is the purpose of that? Someone's got something negative to say about someone. Yeah. Why? What? 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 Uh, what purpose is that? Is that does that solve? What yeah. is you know? If you're feedbacking something to someone, then mm-hmm. it's it's not, you know, it might not be a positive thing, but it's it's framed in a nicer way, and it's it's and it's it's framed in a way of, of it's actually framed in a positive way of saying like this is something that, you know, you're not doing as well as you could do, or there's a better way to do it, and this is how I do it. It's actually a positive thing. Whereas if it's coming to someone and just saying something that's negative, mm. there's what's the benefit? yeah i think when you give someone feedback as well your intent is to watch them succeed from that right whereas if you're just criticizing somebody Mm -hmm. you're watching you're kicking them when they're down you're wanting them to fail from that yeah you're not like when you criticize someone in a mean way like oh they're so like for example they're so overweight they're so ugly Mm -hmm. their ears are huge yeah you don't want them to (laughs) i'm just saying like (laughs) no you're, you're not doing that in a way to think they're gonna like i want them to learn i want them to build from this that's not coming from a respectful place sure and is that i think i think more of that is coming from the person's own insecurities and everything and i think it's it's um it's very sad to see and it's something that i've done in the past um yeah for for, i think people i think the the people that are commenting on videos and commenting on stuff that are saying horrible things and being led to them, I think they're the ones we should actually feel most sorry for because they're the ones that are in such a bad and dark place that they feel the only light there is to bring other people down around them or people that, yeah. are, that are happier or doing better mm-hmm. is, to, is, to, is to, you know, take a chink out of their armour. Um, it's very sad, but I don't think we react in that way. I think we react as if, like, you know, that person's an arsehole or mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. I understand it, but, yeah. but I think it's a case of, like, yeah, that's someone who's... You know, it's, it's 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 very sad if someone's got to that stage and they have those views and they believe that that's the way to 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 go through life and to live life. And I think I mean, a big part of that is their own insecurities and fears that that are inside their head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think how how I feel that you feel most secure by like mm-hmm. not listening to people that you don't need to listen to. Right. It's kind of the same way that you would overcome those insecurities. Because once you stop listening to people that are being negative about you for no reason, then that voice in your head isn't saying that all the time. And how do you how do you decide who to listen to and not listen to? You listen to people that you love and respect and know want the best for you. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't want that, they're not there to be helpful. Right. They shouldn't you shouldn't value what they have to say. Yeah. If their mission is to watch, to kick you when you're down, yeah, they're not someone to listen to about who you are. Mm-hmm. I think the people that know you best, the people that love you, the people that you surround yourself with, like for example, for us, each other, mm-hmm. we hold each other accountable by standards that we trust and respect. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think important to caveat in that is that it's not just being nice no because sometimes i think we confuse being nice with wanting the best for you and helping people i think it's obviously it's good to be nice but i think 
for some time, sometimes in life, for some people, simply being nice isn't what they need, especially when when stuff's not getting through to them, yeah. um, and they're on the wrong track, and everyone's trying to be nice to them, um, and they're not, you know, every, everyone's trying to, you know, be be very careful about how they word things and how they they give that advice. And for that person, sometimes, sometimes someone being a bit of an arsehole and laying it out and laying out the truth sort of helps and you know sometimes yeah even for us in our relationship sometimes we'll say stuff to each other that someone could perceive as oh that's not really a nice thing to say to the other person um however it is it is best for them in the long term yeah. so we highlight that i think we're both quite good at recognizing mm-hmm. that um, coming from a place of love not from yeah i was from just gonna say that else, and the yeah. reason why that is okay is because it's coming from a place of respect and love for each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. not from a place of i want to hurt this person sure it's i want this person to grow yeah and actually one one thing that really helped me with that is that um um one of my best friends back home a guy called uh called brucey um he he was very generous in in talking to me about insecurities and things that i was going through in life um and one of which was a bad relationship with my father and i, I remember explaining to him that um i was very frustrated and i kept on criticizing things that he was doing and all the rest of it um and I think he just turned and said, you know, like, you just need to love him. You just need to, like, be there and, and, and help. And for me, I was just like, I remember, I don't really know at the time, but by him saying that, I realised that it wasn't coming from there. I was, you know, pretending I was tricking myself and saying that, yeah. you know, this is coming from a place of love and caring about that person that I'm picking up on these things. But what I was actually doing was kind of pointing out faults and problems that people already knew about yeah. um, and sort of piling on a little bit with the voice in the head that's probably telling them those negative things. Um, for me, it was, a, it was a case of like, um, I guess not understanding the best way to help people, how, you know, different people need different, different ways of the message being conveyed to them. Mm-hmm. Different, different levels of candor. Yeah. That's a good way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you feel insecure about now in your life? Just before I answer that question, I just want to caveat. This isn't a sponsored advert, but my boy Brucey does hot sauce and it is incredible. Better than Cholula, better than all those other brands that I probably shouldn't even mention the names of. <laughs> it's called Utmin and Brucey's from Scottish. You can look it up or you can find out on his Instagram or something like that, what it means. But yeah, incredible hot sauce from my guy Brucey. Go check it out. Hootsmin, H-O-O-T-S-M-I-N. Yeah, we'll, we'll tag it in the description. And we'll reach out to Brucey about getting some money and some, uh, <laughs> some sponsor from him. So, sorry, my question. Brucey. Are there things that you still feel insecure about at this stage in your life? Yeah. What are they? Well, that is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot and I'm not saying any of them. Um, that's not being very That's open. not the point of the podcast, yeah. um, Lots of stuff, lots of stuff. Um, Pick the first thing that came into your head then. I'm going to go with... I'm going to start with body, I think. Your body? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What don't you like about your body? Oh, God, this is getting very horrible and I'm having to talk about feelings. Um, I think I think I've grown up idolising other people's figures. Um, I think I've been affected by, obviously, like uh, media, film, mm-hmm. um, cover models, that sort of stuff. I've sort of been drip-fed an ideal of what my body should look like compared to what it does look like. Um, 
And so that's a bit of an insecurity. I'm I'm starting to get to a much better place at that. Um, and learning that and I think shows like Naked Attraction and some of those things. And I'm starting to see more of like the average Joe mm-hmm. and stuff that like the average body type being more prominent now, I think has helped a little bit with that. Um Yeah. But I think part of my and, and you've alluded to this before, part of my personality of like um kind of wanting to strive for more and better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it'll be another episode that we, we dig down and find out where that comes from. But um, I think part of that is part of it in the case of um, trying not to rest on laurels and, and to keep improving and keep pushing forward and stuff, um, which I think is important. Yeah. But I think I think it coming from the right place and you understanding it um, and it not it not coming at the cost of everything else, which is definitely how it's been in the past. Yeah. I'm going so quiet because I know you're going to ask me and I don't want to answer. Well, you made me, so, so here you go. Yeah, same question to you. What's the first thing that pops into your head? Do you know what's, what's funny about this is that it won't be unusual. You know, have people listening to this, I'm sure, um, all three of them or four of them, um, <laughs> listening to it will, that will if have the exact same one as us or would have thought about it before. Um, yeah you know it's quite it's 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 quite comforting to think that any problems and insecurities you've had have all been had by people at some point if not right now yeah at this current second probably exactly yeah yeah but it's funny how we're sharing it ourselves feels very it feels so vulnerable yeah because then you feel like everyone will know that you have that insecurity right even though most of the time you think people are judging it on you anyway yeah sure. so they know that you have it like yeah (laughs) yeah but if we play out, like, you know, people on the podcast aren't going to listen to this and then immediately find you on Instagram or whatever and start messaging you and being like, oh, you know, you porker. I don't know what, what Instagram you would be, but do you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Something along those lines that are like, you know, that 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 would be unusual. Yeah, I know. I think um, for me, similar wavelength along the line of your body, but not much more specific than that. And definitely um something that a specific part of your body yeah and something that i think oh my god (laughs) something that i think (laughs) something much more specific is fueling at this current time which is something that i don't like which we'll talk about another episode massively but porn and the impact porn has on people and their self-image and their self-worth got you like so in porn for example like most women are like Barbie dolls. Right, right. And that is not what women look like. Or no, if sure. like, those women do look like that, look, look like that. I'm not saying that there's not women like that, yeah, but it's a but, small minority of people. Right, they exercise 24 hours a day and they're starved and haven't eaten in weeks. That, that's, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more specifically about women's genitals. Right, yeah, yeah. They're on, in porn, they're like mm. waxed to inch, inch their life, not yeah. a single body hair. Yeah. Like... I mean, There's that, no unusual sure. labia shapes. It's all right, very yeah, yeah. Barbie doll right. vibes. It's all sort of pre-regulated to, to make sure to, that it's only one type of thing you're seeing. Yeah. yeah, sure. Which I think is dangerous. Yeah. It's so dangerous. Like, I've read in the news before, I think this girl was 14 years old, 13 years old, mm-hmm. and she had a labia shape that was not what porn was showing. Yeah. So she took scissors to her labia oh, and wow. cut them off thinking that it, like her labia was unusual and like 
ugly and horrible. Yeah. And I have memories of like let's let's call them boys because at the time we're 15, 16, so we are children. Yeah. Talking about genitals and having no idea what's going on because their information about what female genitals look like is from porn. It's not from good sex education at school. Yeah. It's from porn. Mm. And I remember uh, a boy in my class talking about this. We were a very small school. We are very open. We were all talking about this. And he was like the class jokester. Let's right. call him that. Yeah. And he was saying, he was saying that like, oh, yeah, labias, one, like, one labia is either like really neat and tidy and the other one's like really messy and dirty. Right. And dirty is the word that comes to mind when you think about that for him. Yeah. And that just shows you how damaging that is for people. Yeah. And what, what you guys were able to see there is that as, as you were saying that you can see your face. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it, that's tough on you, isn't it? Yeah. And it's bringing back some horrible memories. Mm. Um, what a horrible little boy. Um, but you but can't yeah, blame but, them because that their, their right, education right. is being fueled by porn. Yeah. It's not being fueled by good classes like even at school when i had sex education classes there was no discussion about what our body parts looked like right and part of that is this sort of secrecy around those things so and taboo, it's taboo isn't it? subjects yeah. that people don't really want to discuss or talk about mm. and and yeah i mean i don't know if that's it's good or bad. dangerous I, I think, think i think the porn industry will be, will be probably another topic we talk about actually yeah but um, i mean even not educating children in school about that is dangerous yeah people not having conversations, people having to search out. Mm. I know they did a great segment on loose women, just to caveat, they did a great section yeah. where they showed a diagram. This woman has put together a book about what labias look like and they're all drawn like flowers. So it's like appropriate and they all look like little flowers. And then the loose women were like pointing out what theirs was like or saying, mine yeah. doesn't look like any of those. It looks like this. Got you. Okay, yeah. And that's just normal, like, it's mini letting, celebrities letting, on TV letting right, everyone know. That's letting someone know who's insecure about that thing or watching porn and, and thinking, well, I didn't look like this polished Barbie doll. Yeah. Letting them know that, okay, some of them don't look like that and most of them don't look like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that you can't look like that because women do. Sure. But there is, same with penises. Do you know what I mean? There's so 100%, much. Yeah, 100%. Like, exactly the same scenario. It's the yeah. same scenario. We're, we're, we're not on the head just because <laughs> that's given us another topic to do another yeah. day, which we'll write down. But in essence, um, there are still things that we feel insecure about. And what I wanted sure. to say was. Yeah. Wanted to ask, maybe to finish on, was a pondering kind of question about how you think you can overcome that insecurity that you mm-hmm. have now. Like, what do you think is the best way that you're going to tackle that? I think I think it's specific to each one, but I think the overarching theme of them is a case of like understanding if it's something that you can change or not, mm-hmm. and if it matters or not. You know, things yeah. things like sexual organs and how, how how they look compared to like is that something you can you can directly change and is it something that you should want to change no like. and it's it's yeah it's something that i think i think yeah i agree the sort of porn industry um it fulfills a need and it's it's it, i think it's one of the most searched things on the internet and it's, it's something like one of the most mm-hmm. And I think I think that's maybe maybe that's that's for the worst, and maybe that's something that's really had a massive negative effect on relationships between men and women. And I think there's a lot to straighten out there, you know, relationships between you know men and women nowadays, and mm. and in general. Um, and I think it's a much deeper level. But I think I think that's definitely something that, that has an effect. I remember Stephen Bartlett talking about actually, and he was saying um, 
he was saying that um, his idea of a relationship and sex when he was younger was a case of you know quite aggressive yeah um it's not really that loving ratio and and very you know just the pleasure focused on 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 the gentleman um and so so over the time he's developed and learned that it's it's a lot deeper than that it's a lot more than that and it's and it's it's mm. really nothing like mm. what is shown yeah. in these things and staging these things mm. um so yeah i think i think how to overcome it um i think the process of learning if it's if it's something you can change or not and if it's um if it's a problem or not you know like like for, for me it's like body confidence issues is something that is like something i can could i change it yes and like how i start to take those actions yes then then cool it's like it's not something to be concerned about i think the concern there is to overcome putting a lot of your value in too much your yeah. body and how yeah. it looks and how much you know yeah adipose tissue it has on it it's just it's not it, it serves a much bigger function than that um same as like you know the shape of women's labias it's like it's serving the purpose it's done it's grown in the way it's it's meant to and um, mm. and yeah and, and like i say cutting it off and that's that's awful but um i think yeah just the way to overcome it is to see if it's something you can change or not um and, and something that, that you shouldn't and you, you should want to change. to change exactly and maybe you need to reframe and think about it in a different way maybe the way you're viewing it of like you know for some people unless i get down to a certain body fat percentage or have this muscle um then there's something wrong with me i think that's that's well yeah i need to, to reframe how you think about but it. i think in essence i think everyone struggles with insecurities but you should try not to let them define you and look mm. for the things that you feel secure about in yourself and praise those and celebrate those mm. just as your loved ones would celebrate you yeah yeah and i think you're the only person that can do that i think it has to come from you know friends and families and loved ones around you that help but yeah you're the only person that can really that can do that for yourself yeah well cool. thanks for listening guys we'll see you again next time if you can give the podcast a five star review that really <laughs> helps for some reason i've read um and yeah look forward to to seeing you on the next one guys bye bye